Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode where I talk to the one, the only, Connor Walker. She is a huge... I don't want to say idol of mine because I'm trying not to appear too uncool. Um, but no, she's fantastic. And I've been a huge fan of what House of CB has done, not just in terms of being a big brand, but in terms of having such a clear brand identity and clear USPs and so true to their brand voice. And I think that is exactly why they've been able to evolve and evolve and evolve. So today I talked to Connor about exactly that, about how they do that, about how she has been able to use her unique kind of essence in building that brand and then we talk about the troubles kind of outside of that so you know balancing work and personal life how it's been being a young woman in business whether we enjoy the term girl boss and everything in between I think you are gonna love this episode if you do please please leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to it on though I have heard on the podcast grapevine that leaving one on apple is the best way to boost our podcast our podcast don't know why I said ours it's mine really but you can join the party um so I hope you really Really enjoy this episode and have a great day. So, my guest today is Connor Walker, founder and CEO of House of CB and Mistress Rocks. Connor started House of CB at just age 17 with a family loan. Since then, House of CB has grown into a multi-million pound business with over 40 retail locations and a worldwide community of over 3 million. Worn by Chrissy Teigen, Jennifer Lopez, the Kardashians, and many more. going to count myself here. Um, Connor's business is an innovator in brand marketing, and her goal is to embrace the female form in order to champion female empowerment. Connor is one of the youngest and most successful entrepreneurs in the online fashion retail space. I've always admired her vision and clarity of brand identity, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Thank you for having me. This is almost entirely selfish to have you on the podcast. I just want to chat. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know um, about your your work and your working habits here at kind of the Working Hard, Hardly Working podcast is very much designed just to talk about like how we all work so differently, where we got to where we are today and like the honesty of hard work and how it's not just about you know, what you see online, there's lots behind the scenes and everything. So to stop my monologue, we're gonna go into some quick fire questions based on working hard. Number one, reading or podcasts? Reading. Time blocking or winging it? Uh, definitely winging it. Airplane what? mode winging. or notifications <laughs> on? <laughs> notifications on. <laughs> More or less than eight hours sleep? Eight hours is good. Office or working from home? Uh, I actually prefer an office. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Okay. I actually prefer an office too, you know. I think it's essential for creativity. 
yeah, and I just feel like, I don't know, you, everybody works better in a, like a, in a workplace. Like, I don't want my work in my house necessarily. Then when I get there, I'm like, I'm in work mode, you know? And then when you're at home, you're at home. So I like to have the separate space. And I like to also have the whole team in the same place, see everything that's going on, and it just makes it so much quicker and easier, in, in, at least in what I do to have everyone in the same spot. So talking about product there, um, I'm a big fan of the product and a big fan in general. And one of the biggest things I'd love to know about yours own House of CB story is the kind of evolution. You've obviously moved over the past 10 years from kind of neon bandage dresses to figure hugging, curve embracing, flattering pieces that rival any high-end designer's silhouettes and have become absolutely synonymous with House of CB. I can actually spot a House of CB piece from a mile off. One of the things that fascinates me most about House of CB is its consistency of brand. It's so clearly in the DNA of every product you make. And I think that is something, as someone who is very much kind of been trying to do that over the past few years. I think that is a huge testament to your business, the creativity um, and everything within that. What I'd love to know is how you've managed to maintain this consistency while the brand has evolved so heavily. Obviously the, the trends have changed hugely. Has that kind of consistency and knowing exactly what the brand is through the product, has it been a challenge? Yeah, so I feel like in the last few years, I've really learned what the brand is and, and who, who she is, I guess. Um, and it's just been a case of we've always focused around creating clothes that make women feel really good about themselves and make them feel like confident. And I think that that's what's always been core to what we do. And a lot of our style, if you look at it, our style has definitely changed over time, but it's always kind of been focused on like cinching in your waist and just, you know, having that really feminine shape, I guess. Um, so we've always kept that consistent throughout, even when our style has changed. And I think a lot of it is actually just, when I started it, it was stuff that I wanted and that I liked. And as I've grown up, it's still stuff that I want and that I like. So it just kind of stays natural and organic because... Because <laughs> you want it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I completely see that. And as someone who, like, I, I firmly believe that I'm the target demographic of both of my brands as well. So it's quite, you know, you have this sort of radar inside you that means that you can look at something and say, like, no, this is wrong. Or, like, this needs to be tweaked slightly. Um, do you... Do you think at this stage that it would be a lot more of a challenge, for example, like, do you think you could sidestep into into menswear? Would you be interested in doing that type of thing? I actually have, like, zero interest in menswear. I don't know. I just, I feel like men shop <laughs> weirdly. Like, they either just want, like, designer or they just want, they just don't care how they look. So there's, like, no middle ground. And I know that, that means that maybe there's a market for it, but I really have no interest in it. Yeah, and also I, but I think that I think it's really key to know as well because I think it's so easy to like look at the amount of opportunity out there and there being a gap in the market for something and instantly being like, oh, well, I need to do that because I've done X, Y, and Z before. And actually one of the things I've always been like a huge proponent for is it's not just about having like a passion for the business, but it's about really like making sure you understand through and through like what the customer wants within that space and if you don't understand that yet then get to understand it or I feel like you kind of have no hope of actually being able to conquer it 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just think that you have to actually like, for me at least, you have to like what you do. Can I do things that I don't like? Yes, but am I going to? No. Um, and yeah, just like you said, like if you know, if you don't have an understanding of the business, there's no point. Just because there's a market for it doesn't mean that you are necessarily the person suited to do it. Absolutely. And do you think, have there been times kind of in the past, I know now you've said like over the past few years, you've really ascertained like what House of CB is as a brand and who the kind of House of CB like girl is or woman is. Have there been times, do you think, where you've you've compromised the brand DNA and to cater to a trend and it like hasn't worked or, you know, did it work? Oh, no, we've definitely done that before. I've definitely done that where we've like, well, I was like, okay, let me try this. And it hasn't, it hasn't worked. The customer is like, no, this isn't what we come to you for. Um, and then there's other times, I think what's important is things like trends and stuff, at least in fashion, is you can take a trend, but you have to just make sure it also still fits with your brand or interpret it in a way that still fits to the core kind of aesthetic and values and whatever of your brand. And sometimes I've definitely tried before and been like, all right, that wasn't it. <laughs> That's not what they wanted. Um, and then there have been times that we tried and it's like, yeah, this worked. Like when we introduced loungewear, I think a lot of people maybe thought like, you know, we're a dress company um, as such. And actually our loungewear like sold out immediately. Everyone loved it. And it was because it had the same values. It was good quality. It fit well. It was still feminine. Um, so I think it's just like a balancing act. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess within that, what do you do as a business and as a founder when you do get it wrong? Like when a product doesn't sell as expected or a campaign doesn't hit as expected, how does that make you feel and how do you deal with that? I think for me personally, I feel like I I sometimes get in my head a little bit. If It depends. If it's just like one product thing, then it's just like, all right, cool, whatever. And we tried it, didn't work, fine. And a lot of the times it'll be like, that may not have worked, but that doesn't mean that it won't work later if we develop it in a different way, you know, change the product slightly and try again, especially if I feel strongly about it. And usually then it works. It may just be that that first product wasn't quite ready yet. Um, and then when it's like, if it's like more of a, a, a larger, I don't know, not quite a collection because we've never had like a collection that's just bombed but <laughs> but if it perhaps didn't do as well as I wanted it to then I've definitely felt really down about it and I did go through the motions of being like maybe I'm just not good at this maybe I'm shit at this maybe my time's done maybe I should just fucking forget it and leave it and whatever so when I do make mistakes at first I'm very like no you shouldn't have done that blah 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 um and then I also hate losing and so then I'm like okay now we need to figure this out and get it back to, to what it should have been or try again with the product or try something else. Yeah. Do you think it's essential for business to be a kind of competitive person? I think so. I think more so than anything else, I'm competitive with like myself. I don't really care about like necessarily what other people are doing because I have my own brand and our brand DNA is different. Really, like people will say like, oh, who do you think like you have as competitors? And I don't really feel like we really have any because our place in the market is quite niche. So for me, it's just always competing with myself. And then I'm just like, okay, you could have done better. Like I'm always super honest with myself. Like you could have done better. It, it's interesting because when I think of competitiveness, I think of like quite a negative trait or something that you're, you know, you're told like isn't the right thing. But actually, if you can, if you can harness that and you can position it in a way that you're actually 
you're bringing it around to self-accountability and bringing it around to pushing yourself. Yes, there'll be times where you don't quite get it right and actually you're too critical of yourself and it's just like to no end. But actually, as long as you're being like accountable and that's what's pushing you further, like that can be a great thing. Yeah, definitely. And and also it allows you to kind of critically analyse what you've done and why it may have gone wrong and then take from that, you know, this didn't go right because of X, Y, Z. And you can take that information and continue. You have to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, it's because you're not doing anything like that. That can be the only reason that you're not making mistakes. <laughs> and also, even when you make mistakes, people aren't going to remember. No one's going to be sat there in two years' time. Like, do you remember that really ugly dress? I'll see you released. No. I think it's probably in the like nature of social media as well for us to kind of not not obsess over ourselves but obsess of the idea that other people are paying the same attention to us as we might be when we're like ripping something apart and actually as soon as you can kind of let go of that and think like oh no one's no one's paying that close attention like get over yourself it's like yes. well, I'm, I'm like oh okay yeah this is just me so like I should probably yeah. stop yeah no and I think as well when you get all those comments it seems so like big like the whole world is saying something to you and actually it's not it's like so <laughs> I'd love to know what your sorry I'd love to know what your top three tips are on kind of creating a strong brand and clear USPs because you guys have done it so fantastically and as you say you've carved out your space and it's not that you're the only people in your space it's the fact that you have made that space for yourselves what would you what advice would you give other people if they're looking to do that type of thing I think it's very important to have a very clear and cohesive brand voice across everything, really. Um, you know, like from your socials to your website. And by brand voice, it's, you know, how things are written, how they, how the aesthetics look. It needs to all be very consistent um, so that it, it looks like your brand when you see it. And I think that's important. Like you said earlier, like you, you can spot a house of CB dress. And I think that's important with product and with visuals and with everything customer facing needs to um, be consistent and cohesive so that when somebody looks at it, they're like, oh, that's a house CB dress, that's a whatever it might be. Um, and I'm not actually a person that feels like you have to necessarily have a USP as such. Um, because I think that most markets are so saturated, it's not necessarily about having a unique selling point, but selling it the best. And I think that like being the best marketer, along with having a good product, obviously, and, uh, or service, whatever it might be, is maybe more important than having a unique business. I think the kind of time of having like unique businesses is gone. So I'm going to move on to a slightly different area. You are in Forbes 30 under 30. You're the first person I ever like followed who I saw on Forbes 30 under 30. And that went <laughs> straight on my vision board. Um, you have two multi-million dollar businesses. And in my research, the word that kept coming back is girl boss. Being honest, does it piss you off being called a girl boss? Um, I don't I don't love it. <laughs> I definitely don't love it at all. And I understand that people that say it um, are coming from a, a, a kind, nice place. And I get like the nicest comments and I get lovely write-ups and all that kind of stuff. So when people say it to me, I'm not offended. Um, but do I think that the term girl boss is a little problematic? Yeah, I think it's not great. Have I definitely used it in the past? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't love it. I definitely don't love it. I feel like it, it just kind of 
infantilizes is that how you say it yeah and it just like it you know you're a business owner i'm a business owner there's other entrepreneurs we're entrepreneurs we don't need like a special term because we have vaginas like we're all just entrepreneurs this isn't i don't need a special pat on the back <laughs> i mean i like i look at you and it should never be a kind of like ah, this is a girl who's done really well. It's like, no, you've, you've done really well in your own right, like regardless of anything else. And that that's, you know, that, that's the tea. I think that what is key is I don't like it when a man says it, okay? <laughs> when a girl oh, says it, I'm like, cool. Like, I get what you're saying to me. Like, we, we both, you know, face a few more struggles being women than, than men do. Um, so I don't like it when a man says it to me because I'm like, you're trying to undermine me. But when a woman says it, I'm like, you're just, you know, showing some kind of sisterhood to me. So that's fine. <laughs> when you started kind of scaling the business and, and really growing, did you find that you needed to prove yourself a lot more, both internally and externally, in order to feel justified, I guess, as like the head of all of this growth? Um, I think definitely when I was like starting out, especially when I was like hiring people and stuff. I mean, I was like 17, 18, 19, 20. I was young. Um because now I'm a grandma. Um, but when I was starting out, I feel so old. <laughs> but when I was starting out, like, yeah, I would hire people and they wouldn't take me serious. They wouldn't like to hear, you know, what I had to say. And, and they that felt like my direction was wrong or that they knew better. And working within that environment obviously isn't good for anyone. So in the first place, I feel like I definitely felt like I had to overcompensate um, and really kind of show that I know what I'm doing, even though I actually didn't know what I was doing. I was just winging it. And um, I think a lot of it is just finding the right team. I was like, okay, cool. This person doesn't doesn't make sense to me. This isn't a right fit. Let me find somebody that does. Because I don't want to be sat in my office arguing why I want to do what I want to do with someone. You know? Like, this is the direction we're going in. And this is what I want. And yeah, like I'm going to pull the Connor card and tell you that this is what we're doing. Yes. I, I think absolutely. And I think also it's having, like, it's being confident enough, and this is really not easy to do, like, confident enough to know that actually it's not, you know, I think for a while I thought that if someone's more experienced, then automatically that you know they're they're right and actually when it comes to your brand there's a reason your brand is the place it is now and there's a reason why so many d2c um very brand identity focused brands are the way they are now you know you see all the ones that are run by people you know in their 20s and 30s and it's because of this kind of authenticity and real understanding of the customer so it's like there has to be that at that point it's kind of like oh you know, it's not just about experience. Actually, I just need to learn to also stop overcompensating and just just do my job. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say that, like, obviously, when you hire talented people with experience and they're like, actually, this would be a better way to do it. That's not to say that you don't listen. And, and, and a lot of there's been I've had, I have a great team and there's been a lot of times they're like, no, we should be doing this like this. This would make more sense. This is, you know, the next step, even in like technical things in, in making clothes. Like if you gave me a sewing machine, I don't know how to make clothes. I can tell you what I want. <laughs> I can tell you how to sell it. <laughs> I can tell you if it's a good product and tell you how I want it changed. But like, if you give me a sewing machine, I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> so there's that balance of finding people that are talented and know what they're doing and have that experience. And also people that just don't respect you. And I think that um, in the early days, I had people that just didn't respect me because I was young. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I completely agree. I think, <laughs> I think in the, what, yeah, I, I completely agree in the way that it's kind of, there will always be, you know, there's so much room for that increased in experience in terms of, you know, helping out and in terms of building a brilliant team. And it's knowing where your strengths are and knowing where you need to say like, no, we don't compromise this. And the rest of the time, the rest of the time, if it's anything, finance, operations, um, even like, as you say, like, pr like very product fit specific or like garment tech specific, I'm like, <laughs> like don't even <laughs> yeah. ask me like I'm not I'm not the person to be having here and then there's kind of the other side which is a different thing of kind of being like shrinking yourself I guess because you expect I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com The because other people are older or they're men or whatever that mm -hmm. they kind of, you know, it's unconscious, like that they might know better. Do you, do you think you have imposter syndrome? This is not me telling you, you should have imposter syndrome. <laughs> Definitely all the time. And it's still, I still have it. And I think it's quite strong actually, because I'm often like, even like in doing podcasts and stuff, sometimes I'll be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I still get it all the, all, not all the time, but periodically and I feel like in creative jobs especially it's sometimes similar to writer's block I guess sometimes you have all the ideas creative everything I'm going for it. I love it everything's great let's do this let's do that and other times I'm like I'm tapped out my creativity is depleted um why am I here <laughs> like the other day I was just like I had a moment and I was talking to my mom and I was like I'm too old I don't know this anymore I don't know what these kids want and it was all because somebody sent me a dm and I fucking spiraled <laughs> and I was like oh no <laughs> and then <laughs> how do you deal with that as a as a like founder and as a person who's known as the you know known as the head of a company how do you deal with people's constant opinions about you know because I know it's like your baby at first when I started to become a little more public and I felt like I was getting you know more kind of public attention I um I really struggled with it and like, everything they would say would really affect me and now I don't really get that affected but this one dm did send me off deep end she was like hi I love house of CB I just want to let you know that you know the young people want like I don't know different types of clothes like, like shit we just don't do and it just came back to you know interestingly this is what our brand is about and this is what our brand is and this is what we do and we're not just gonna we're not gonna be suitable for everybody we're not just gonna yeah so Running two businesses, 
my first question is how the fuck. My second question is I'd love to know a little more about how the Mistress Rocks and House of CB teams run together. I know they're very much kind of sister brands. So are the teams the same, the operating wise? Yes, they are. They are the same actually right now. Um, there is a little difference in like, in terms of one of the designers focus more, focuses more heavily on Mistress Rocks, the others focus more heavily on House CB, but there is a crossover. And yeah, it is pretty much the same team, just a different type of product, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think when you have one, um, when you want have one brand that's so encapsulates its DNA, but the, I'd say, you know, the one, the one barrier will be the price, but it's exactly right for that person. And the quality needs to be exactly right for that person in a world where people want accessible prices because of their consumer habits there in order to access that, there needs to be that kind of lower price point as well. Exactly. Exactly. And there's still, we're still not like as lower price point as like, um, some of the fast fashion brands and stuff. And we still focus on it being a decent quality item. Is it as good quality as house CB? No, but that's the difference in the price. Um, but yeah, we still focus on it being a really good solid item that you can wear again and again. Um, and it has had a few identity changes over time. It definitely doesn't get as much attention as I put on House CB, which I always say and I hate because I always want to focus on it. And then there's just always stuff going on. Very much not to the same scale, but I often feel the same. My next question was actually, (laughs) do you ever feel like you're constantly compromising one for the other? I definitely do. I, I definitely House CB comes first. And it's also... It comes first because it's like the machine is is made for House of CB and then Mistress Rocks is put into that machine. So if there's ever any issues with House of CB, it comes first because that's what like the machine is built for, if that makes sense. And the machine being the, you know, the processes to, to get product out and whatever else. How did you feel? I, I assume you have a layer of senior staff. When did you first take on very experienced people so yeah that tech was like one of the first ones well was really the first one um and then in terms of distribution and things like that I have a pretty good understanding um already but we now have like like you said like the senior kind of roles but there's actually not many and I'm actually a bit of a control freak on most things um and I think the point of when do you hire those people, there's like, there's no like one size fits all. But when it gets to a point that if you've tried looking into it yourself and you can't figure it out or make it work, then you need somebody that can. And you also need to be able to afford to hire that person as well. Um, and I would definitely, you know, it entirely depends on how you're starting, the, the money you have to start. If you can afford to have somebody from the bat, then get somebody from the jump, then you don't have to deal with it. Um, but if you can't, then you're going to have to learn a lot of it yourself and then eventually give that role to someone else. And how quickly would you recommend, like, if, for example, there's a there's an entrepreneur that's just, just themselves and they have a, a product business of some sort, how quickly would you recommend that they hire? I think realistically, as soon as you can afford to. I think that is... You don't... Because... 
the small details are important, but at the same time, you don't want to just be stuck doing the small details because you can't grow if, for example, the first thing I got rid of was the customer service emails. Hated doing them, fucking terrible at them, and hated, they made me miserable. No, you cannot return your dress. Leave me alone. I hated dealing with it, and I dealt with it for like two years, not even two years, maybe a year. Um... And I hated it. I was in school at the time and, you know, I would answer my emails before school, after school, during break, whatever. Um, And that was the first person I got. And I feel like a lot of the times, if you can afford to, if you're starting to, you know, make money and you can afford to pay somebody even part-time to, like, answer the customer emails and stuff, then then it makes sense to because you you don't want to spend your whole time. I'm using the customer emails as an example, but you don't want to spend all your days answering customer emails and then you don't have time for anything else then you can't grow your business so yeah i think just hiring just depends where you're at where how much money your company's making if the company can afford it and also if you've tried it like you should definitely try and find out about those things first and then if you feel like yeah this this needs full-time attention then get someone to to do it what's (laughs) one thing you would change about your job if you could i think that in my actual like personal job I hate that the creativity like comes and goes. That is something that I would love to change. I would love to be able to just be on at all times. And I'm not on at all times. That, so that's the one thing. And some days you just don't feel like doing it. Some days you're like, oh my God, this is driving me insane. And when you have a business, then there's always a problem. There's always things going wrong. They're like there, It's never smooth sailing. It may be smooth sailing for a couple of weeks and then you're like, surprise. All the fabric came back wrong. <laughs> the print is wrong. The whatever is wrong. The st- the shipment's stuck. <laughs> yeah, and that, but that's also that it's so the reality. And what is seen online is every launch. And if it got if it got to launch, that that's great. Like that that success. There are obviously still pr- so many problems after launch that pop up. The things that go wrong, I find a lot of the time you literally just have to laugh. You have to be like, are you? Are you joking? Yes. (laughs) And there's there's always something. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, now there is a global pandemic. Everything is closing down. You're like, good, good. I'm glad I got all this stock that nobody fucking needs. Yeah. Well, because you (laughs) stopped releasing new product, didn't it, for a while? Mm -hmm. Yes, we did. Was that a tough decision? No, not really. I own my own factories, so actually it made a lot of sense. We normally design about eight months in advance, and we had designed about eight months in advance, but there had just been, like, some issues, changing of teams, blah, 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 that production had just, like, fallen back a bit. Um, so we were pretty in a good place to, for me to just be like, yeah, we'll just stop production right now, we'll close this off for a couple months, because obviously the, the, the team can't work. And, yeah, we just took a break <laughs> was that a bit nice for you uh yes and no I get bored really easily so I was like okay and then I just spent my time getting drunk in my house Good. so <laughs> but yeah it was it, it worked out nicely for us because the team could then at the time it was just like you know we don't want to be forcing product out it allowed me to to reset and be like okay which shift do we want to make and then everybody then was working, not the factories obviously, but um, the, the design team was working from home. So we could still just like develop product, continue doing that. And when we um, came back, we had like our best selling collection ever. So it worked having that little bit of extra time. <laughs> it definitely helps. And, and I think that is a real testament as well to rest helping work as well and actually being like a form of productivity because sometimes like rest is the most productive thing you can do 
yes, definitely, definitely. You need to that whole culture of just sleep when I die. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> no, I'd like to sleep like tonight. Thanks. Nine thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say the hardest day you've had at work is? I don't know, actually, thinking of off the top of my head now, I'm like, oh my God, mind blank. This is pathetic. One of the worst days was when my ex-boyfriend had fucking broken up with me and I had to, I lost it. I was like, cancel my whole day. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> and um, I was useless. But no, I, there's there's been times where it's just, it goes back to that feeling of just like, feeling like uh, I don't know what I want I don't know what I want to make I don't know where I want us to go and that is always like the actual hardest because then I'm like unmotivated I don't feel like I want to do any of it I don't know what I want I don't know what to tell you do you know what I mean I'm just like I'm tapped out so those are always the hardest days yeah do you think those are the times as well that you probably just need a break yeah, yeah, and that's usually what I try and do because I'm like, you know when you overthink something, then it's just like blocking everything. So then you have to like take a step back. Um, but yeah, definitely. And then other times, I actually kind of weirdly enjoy working under pressure. So when things are like, hey, the container of all your product is stuck. Like it's very, it's stressful, but I kind of enjoy working under the pressure, I think. And then it usually yields its best results because then I'm like okay so how are we going to deliver this when we do get it how are we going to sell it how we do you know what I mean um not to say that I like that I don't want any more shit (laughs) what would you kind of recommend in those situations when you have to like do you have like a routine that means you just like pull it together and get it done no it's literally me telling myself in my head I'm like you do not fuck it. This is not where you fucking fail. This isn't, we're not failing here. This is not where we're doing this. And I'll just be like, no, you have to do it. Yeah, it's just like my little voice in my head that's like, no, like you don't have another option. The option is get it done, so get it done. And that's it. It sounds so weird, but it's literally just me beating myself up in my head. (laughs) Me bullying myself. So we all need a little like inner Connor. I'm just gonna have like one of my shoulders. Yeah, just yelling at you. Just yelling at me constantly. I can't wait. I'm gonna go on quickly to the um, hardly working quick fire and then we're gonna talk about that. So, um, so firstly, Netflix or a walk? A walk. Yeah. A walk. No, I'm lying. Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> it's fine. We'll tell PR. You said. You said <laughs> the walk. Yeah. A walk. So <laughs> um, after work, a cup of tea or a glass of wine? Glass of wine. Every day. (laughs) Letting off steam, a workout or a night out? Oh shit, both. I actually love working out and I love getting drunk with my friends. So definitely both. Great. Work out in the day and then go out at night. Perfect, I love it. Introvert or extrovert? Kind of both again. Why can't I just give a straight answer? Fuck. (laughs) Are you good at taking time off, would you say? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at taking time off. I'll go on vacation and enjoy myself. I, I Life is for living. And I am very lucky now that I'm in a place 10 years later where if I want to take a break, I can take a break. You know, like I said earlier, like the machine works now. It's everything has been set. And if I want to take a week off, then it doesn't cause too much issue. If I want to take a month off, that's a problem. But if I want to take a week off, then it doesn't cause too much issue. But at the same time, I also work when I'm on holiday. When you are kind of taking time off, what are your hard and fast rules for getting the most out of it? Um, I 
really just feel like just do whatever you want to do. So don't feel guilty. If you feel like you want to spend the whole day sleeping, spend the whole day sleeping. If you want to spend the whole day at the beach, spend the whole day at the beach. If you want to spend the whole day working out, walking around, then do that, you know? And I think that a lot of the times when I was younger, I would be like, I'm not doing anything. Like, why am I here? What's the purpose of me being here? I'm not doing anything. And you don't need to be doing something. You can just be resting and just resetting on mine and probably everyone else's vision boards it seems like you might just be living the dream do you feel like you are and do you ever just look around at everything you've done built and created and think like fuck i'm great well done me <laughs> big pat on the back um i i do feel like i'm i'm definitely living the dream i'm very lucky i'm very fortunate and i get to i i have a good life i have a fun life and i enjoy it and my work is very stressful but i enjoy it so i don't really have too much to complain about um and before i would never really like give myself a pat on the back but recently during covid i think i have become um more grateful and more like more like proud of myself i think now i feel like yeah all right kid you did good but also i also have this little person in my head which we've spoken about before yeah a little connor in my head that's like yeah bitch you can do a lot better and i'm like oh shit. <laughs> do you think we have a warped view of what hard work looks like in terms of, you know, the whole rhetoric you were talking about before, the kind of like sleep when you're dead, like all of that. People must think that because of the size of your brand, you probably never sleep, you, you know, like work all the time, like all, all of that. And that's kind of what's seen as like very gl glamorized. Do you think there's that like warped view of hard work out there now because of social media? Working hard, I think is a very outdated kind of idea in the traditional sense. Um, because like I said, some people have more opportunities than others. Some people have more connections than others, whatever it might be. And I think what really matters is working smart um, and utilizing whatever you do have in the best way possible and like maximizing that rather than just like physically working yourself to the bone. You may be doing stuff, but are you being productive? And I think that's a really important question. Like, are you just doing shit for the sake of doing shit? Does this help in any way? Or are you just like doing stuff to appear busy. And I think a lot of the Instagram culture has done this thing of like appearing busy and people want to appear busy all the time. And a lot of work is, is boring. It's at the computer, tapping away, doing that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I just think that it's important to definitely take breaks, definitely sleep well. And you're not going to be your most productive, your most creative or your smartest or, or whatever you need to be for your work um, if you are running on fumes. Like it just doesn't work. Some people like to run on fumes and they, they can do that. But for the majority, I think we all need a good nap. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It has been great talking to you. I've absolutely loved it. Um, and thank you so much for sharing all of your tips and tricks and especially little Connor who will be living with us all. No, but thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Working Hard, Hardly Working. I have been Grace Beverly and you can find me at Grace Beverly, L-E-Y, remember that one, on Instagram and on LinkedIn if you are that way inclined. Please, after listening to this episode, it really, really helps if you can leave a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. That seems to be the best way to help out a podcast at the moment. But please like the episode, subscribe, share it, tag me, tag your friends 
do whatever you want to do but spread the word and let me know what you'd like to see next on any of my social platforms just get in touch I'd love to talk about some more interesting things so shoot your suggestions my way and I will see you next time 